is the Go Radio Football Show Podcast. Hosted by Rob McLean, Craig Moore and John Hartson. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! You know, sometimes we just talk a little bit too much off air and then suddenly we realise we're on air. Yes, we are on the Go Radio Football Show. How are you feeling about that Scotland squad that was named today? A changing of the guard among the goalkeepers with David Marshall left out and Xander Clark and Liam Kelly included. Talking of Xander Clark, we're going to hear from him shortly. Although Craig Gordon is surely back to being number one, you would think. Aberdeen's Lewis Ferguson is called up for the first time. And with Billy Gilmore getting games for Norwich and the likes of David Turnbull starring for Celtic, there are lots of reasons to be cheerful, Craig Moore, about Scotland's chances in those upcoming World Cup qualifiers. Yeah, it's look, it's a very, very good squad. It's the start of a, a new cycle, a World Cup qualification. And and Steve Clark has has made some changes, um, you know. So people question maybe the loyalty in terms of what he's shown for the Euros, uh, but already you know you look at someone like Marshall who big big part in getting them there, um, not being involved week to week. So um, the goalkeeper scenario has changed. Lewis Ferguson, as you touched on, gets his call up on the back of some some really decent form. Um, no Fleck, no McTominay. No. Uh, also, and and are there some unlucky ones that you would feel that that maybe didn't didn't make the the squad, Rob? You know, yeah, you I think got, you're right. You got you got Doig, who's just unfortunate. Yeah, uh, that there's so much talent in that left fullback area for Scotland at the moment, and you still got Ryan Gold, who's who's out in the MLS now. Um, started okay he's not he's not played loads of minutes mm. uh, but he's also been one for the future yeah absolutely and uh, Stevie Clark's got himself a, a new contract as well an extension to his deal we've got four massive matches to look forward to on Thursday could Rangers Celtic Aberdeen and St Johnston all make it to the group stage of the Europa and the Conference Leagues. Let's hope so. And what did you make of the third weekend of the Premiership season? We are homing in on Old Firm time next Sunday. It's drawing near. Rangers got a badly needed win in Dingwall at the weekend and John Hartson Celtic scored six and could have scored another half dozen against St Mirren on Saturday. Yeah, well, everybody knows we could clearly see that Celtic are playing some really good football at the minute, you know, very exciting, um, lots of fluency, uh, you know, and uh, the shape is looking good. Edwards come into the team and uh, Hugo's um, gone out wide left. They've got options, they're scoring goals, keeping clean sheets and um, a really difficult game against uh, uh, RZ Alkmaar Thursday night. Yeah. And again, Rangers go away from home to um, to Alaskurt, so... They'll want to try and get through these games um, and get through to the Euro Europa League um, group stages simply because I think it would add confidence. Uh, I think coming back on 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 midweek, looking forward to the game on Sunday, the first one this season, um, and whichever team can go through, I, I fancy both teams to go through. That they'll feel very good about themselves going into the game. John Hartson, Craig Moore, Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show for a Wednesday night. Uh, Scotland squad named today for those three upcoming World Cup qualifiers against Denmark, Moldova and Austria. Uh, Craig Gordon, Liam Kelly, Liam Cooper, Declan Gallagher, Grant Hanley, Jack Henry, Scott McKenna, Stephen O'Donnell, Nathan Patterson, Andy Robertson, Greg Taylor... 
Kieran Tierney, Stuart Armstrong, Lewis Ferguson, Billy Gilmore, John McGinn, Callum McGregor, Kenny McLean, David Turnbull, Che Adams, Ryan Christie, Lyndon Dykes, James Forrest, Ryan Fraser, Kevin Nisbet, and Xander Clark. How are you? I am good. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Xander. How how did that uh, how does that feel to have your name uh, in the Scotland squad? Oh, obviously delighted, delighted to see um, obviously your name up on on the squad. Um, it's obviously a childhood dream for pretty much every every young footballer. It's, it's, it's something that you you dream of as a kid, and you know, thankfully, um, been able to to achieve it. I think a lot of people would be would have been pretty unhappy had you not been in that squad because you have been banging at the door for a while. Um, well deserved, Craig Moore. No, very much so. I mean, Zandi, you've been absolutely flying uh, this season, so so well done on that. But also, you know, had a, had a great season, um, you know, what was just past us as well. So uh, you, you must feel absolutely d- delighted to be re- rewarded with that that opportunity. And I think, you know, just for players in general, Rob, when you see that you, you are being rewarded for good performances and, and the national team coach is taking notice and bringing you into the squad, I think it's a really good message um, that people are being picked on on performance rather than than reputation. Um, Zander, I've seen you also like last season, so you're popping up and and, and having assists or headers inside the penalty box. <laughs> is, is is there anything you can't do? <laughs> well, a lot of folk are telling me I can improve on my head and that. But no, I just touched on what you're saying. Obviously, delighted as I say with as you say, getting sort of noticed for, for the performances that, you know, personally have been putting in, but listen, it's the whole team as well. We've been we've been on a great run, obviously this disappointing result of the weekend, but um over the last sort of six to eight months, you know, we've been we've been flying, obviously winning winning both the cups and really enjoying this, this sort of European adventure that we're on at the minute. Um obviously an our massive game coming up for us on Thursday, um one that we're we're all really looking forward to. Xander, it's John Artson, you mate. Um, well done for getting in the Scottish squad, by the way. Um, the Scotland squad. Thank you. Are you oh, everything's going brilliant at the minute, isn't it? You know, Galatasaray a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, this week you come up against last European football, called into the Scotland squad. Big games every other week. Is this where you want to be? This is, you know, as a as a top goalkeeper, these games come thick and fast, and, and I'm, I'm sure you're having a great time of it right now. Yeah, of course. You know, it's one of those, as I say, the football you want to you want to test yourselves on on the big occasions, um, the big European stages. Um, and as I say, delighted that obviously the Galatasaray game it was a listen, it was a disappointing result on, um, over the, the both legs. But you know, to be on that stage and, and going toe to toe with you know a massive name in, in European football was was great to be a part of. Um, and then, as you say, coming up against Lasker. Again, I've been doing well in, in Europe over the last few seasons and, and to bring a one all draw back to, to our place um, sort of shows where we're at as a squad just now. You know, we, we sort of came away from that game a little bit disappointed that, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't bring a win back uh, back to Perth. But that's where we're at at the minute. And, you know, as I say, we're, we're delighted um, and looking forward to, to the game on Thursday. It should, you know, hopefully be an sell at McDermott Park and, and one that well, as I say, delighted and looking forward to to get going in it, and you know, hopefully a positive result. And as as John says, Xander, League Cup, Scottish Cup, Europe, that game in Galatasaray, another fantastic result in Austria last week. You've got the return, hopefully, as you say, in front of a, 
uh, a packed McDermott Park this Thursday and, and Scotland squad. I mean, it, it, you know, it must be just like dreamland in terms of how, how your career is going at the moment. Yeah, of course. It's Obviously, it's, you sort of punch yourself um, like that today when you when you see that you're in the squad. It's, it is almost like a dream. Um, as you say, obviously, the winning the double was was a, a massive high and then obviously to go and, and sort of play in those big European games is another massive high and then to top it off with the, with the Scotland Cup is it's just sort of that it just keeps on getting better type thing um, obviously Thursday hopefully we get a, a good result and, and you know that will be another sort of good feeling to, to add to this sort of list that seems to be growing Xander you, you touch on those big European nights or that European football can you explain to us the the differences that maybe you've experienced in these these European matches to to maybe what you experience week to week domestically? Certainly, the heat. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been absolutely roasting. Um, no, but listen, obviously they're, they're they're technically very good. You know, they're sharp. Um, they like to play loads of sort of one touch football in and around the box, and you know it's it's not often that you come up against teams that, that sort of attack at that pace so we've we've been learning as a team um, obviously trying to come up with game plans to, to prevent you know those sort of things occurring and it's a sort of it's a learning curve for everyone um, obviously we're going into Thursday having learnt more about last obviously mm-hmm. done, more, done more research on them but you know it's once you, you come up against them um, first hand you, you sort of get a better feel of how you can sort of combat against what they'll do that um, so hopefully going into Thursday we'll have um, we'll have a good game plan in action and you know it's up to us as players to, to follow it through and, and try and get a positive result and you, you touch on it it will, be, it will be a tricky game obviously every European game whether you're home or away is, is always difficult um, certainly over there the first I remember watching the first three or four minutes and you've had to make a save and you're well and truly under the pump but weathered the storm and then grew into the game and the importance I think Xander and you'll see it obviously being uh, the goalkeeper the threat that that St Johnson have going forward as well and how important that is especially in, in in games of football where you may not have huge spells within the game but when you do that you still have that threat going forward so you must be really happy with the attacking side of, of the team as well yeah absolutely no, we sort of weathered the storm for the first 15-20 minutes um, and then you know, a chance, a chance came along, and, and we managed to take it. Um, we said, obviously, disappointing that we, we couldn't hold on to the one 0 But as you said, in those games, you you might only get one or two chances, and it's it's up to you to take them. Um, it's not going to be a, a game where you're creating five, six, seven, eight chances. Um, so we know that we need to be ruthless when when the chances come along, and, and make sure we take them. And um, as I say, we just need to be ready for obviously the fast start. As you say, they they came out the blocks flying um, sort of a little bit naive from us to, to get done with a, a quick free kick and, and then it leads to the corner from the save so there's little things like that that we need to, we need to be aware of and, and obviously going into Thursday night's game The Scotland thing's interesting Xander isn't it because I guess if we're making assumptions um, you might not be making the same assumption as us but Craig Gordon probably is the man in possession at the moment David Marshall not being in the squad because he's not getting any football at the moment um, but but you've got to be I guess you're looking longer term aren't you I mean you would love to think that you have impressed so much for St Johnston and in the training sessions with Scotland that you can force your way in 
but there's there's a future for you here, isn't there? I mean, you you're still young for a goalkeeper, and and it's just it, this is a start for you, isn't it, with Scotland? Yeah, hopefully, you know, it's, um, it's, it's first call up, so it's a chance for me to go in and, and sort of show what I can do, um, and, and try and make it that this isn't you know the first and last um, call up that I'll receive. Obviously, delighted that I'm in there, um, and you know, as I say, it's it's a chance for me to go and show what I can do first hand um, in training sessions and what have you so hopefully it's the first of many and not the first and last Is that a reasonable assumption John to make that, that, that it will be Craig Gordon you would imagine as first choice into these into these three games with Xander and, and Liam Kelly as, as backup and, and gaining really important experience Yeah you would think so but um I think you made a good point about David Marshall. David Marshall started for Scotland in the Euros, played a few games. Um, and again, you know, David Marshall may come back in if he finds a club because he's a quality goalkeeper. But I think you said earlier on that these are three World Cup qualifiers, aren't they? Mm. And if, like with Wales, I'm covering Wales as three games, but they play Finland in a friendly and then they play two competitive World Cup qualifiers. And I think Xander's... You know, he might just have to be patient because if there was a friendly, uh, then Steve Clark might think, well, I might give one or two other players, you know, an opportunity to go and get their caps, especially yeah. Xander trying to get his, win his first cap, which is always very special. But the fact that it's three qualifiers, mm. you know, I think you're right. I think I think he will start with, with Craig Gordon. But all Xander can do is keep putting in great performances mm-hmm. for, for St. Johnson, which he's done. I saw some of your saves against Galatasaray. I'm not sounding too patronising. But other than that, the two cup wins last season, your heading is fantastic. You get up really well. You can leap at the beat. You're watching too many live videos to do that. But um, all you can do is just keep going. And the first thing you do is you, you hope for a call-up. And then while you're there, you know, you impress. You make good saves in training with the goalkeeping coach. And Stevie Clark will spot that. You know, you've got a great attitude. So I wouldn't imagine it'd be too long before you are capped. And you may well be capped. But the fact, what I'm trying to say is they are three competitive World yeah. Cup qualifiers, whereas other countries may have a friendly where... Yeah, we don't know, do friendlies, John. Wales do friendlies. We, don't, got we tough, don't do friendlies. Tough, it was a very hard group. You know, Denmark are a good side. You know, they, they, they did very well in the Euros, beat Wales 4-0 in the last Yeah, these are, these are tough games, yeah. Austria's yeah. a tough game as well. So, um, you know, they're difficult fixtures. I think what you have to do is, is beat all the other teams, the Moldovas, and these type of teams, you know, you got you got to put these teams to the sword because, you know, all the other teams will beat Moldova. Yeah. That, so you have to make sure you 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 also beat Moldova over. Oh yeah, that's over two that six points because Moldova will be the whipping boys. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Zander. I'm just thinking it's a it's a great message, isn't it, today that the, the three headliners, uh, in terms, I mean, Liam Kelly's been in a squad before, but but hasn't played. Uh, Liam and yourself and Lewis Ferguson at Aberdeen three. SPFL-based players. It, it's a good message, isn't it? That that if you're if you're good enough in our league, you're getting yourself into the national squad. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's, it's um, John's touched on there. It's a massive pleasure, uh, privilege, sorry, for me to be involved. You know, there's some great Scottish goalkeepers coming through. Obviously, Liam's done brilliant. Um, managed to get his move down the road, but he's come back up and you know, obviously, in loan last season and. And playing this season and, and doing very well, so it's a privilege for me to, to be in amongst um, this sort of setup. But as you say, it is, it's one of those that it is a big sort of headline for for the three boys from the SPFL to, to get in. Obviously, doing well at, at club level, it's it's a good it's a good advert. You can put that on the back burner for the moment because uh, 
a couple of big games for you to come before we're into the the internationals um and obviously just 48 hours away uh, from that game, uh, McDermott Park on Thursday. It's staggered kickoffs, isn't it, for the for the four Scottish teams? Uh, you're seven o'clock, Aberdeen seven forty-five, Celtic in Holland seven fifteen, Rangers in Armenia at four o'clock in the afternoon. There one there one starts, and and it does seem uh, as if you're going to get another big crowd. And and I guess the hope is that that um, you know. <laughs> they're they're getting spoilt at the moment. The St. Johnson fans with all the with all these big games that that you that the the audience the the crowd for you the general attendance grows and stays through the season. Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously the Galatasaray game was was brilliant to to have so many fans there. Um, as I say, it was the place was rocking once they got going. So it's one of those that we hope for again on Thursday night, which I'm sure it will be. Um, I think ticket sales are going well and. Like I say, it's up to us as players to play sort of a brand of football that, that wants, you know, attracts the fans back. And we don't want it just to be for these sort of one-off occasions. We want that to be, you know, a, a big crowd um, playing in front of them week in, week out. So, you know, hopefully we can put on performances on the park that, you know, wants them coming back to for more type thing. Xander, wish you all the best uh, on Thursday. Let's hope uh, we're talking about St Johnston on Friday, uh, the European adventure continuing until Christmas. That would be nice uh, for all four Scottish teams, to, to be honest. And well done today. Congratulations to you on uh, winning a place in the Scotland squad. Thank you very much. Thanks Good luck. For well done, all the best, mate. Good luck. Yeah, thank you. Thanks Bye. for joining us on the show. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. It's Wednesday's Go Radio Football Show with Rob McLean, Craig Moore and John Hartz and Xander Clark was with us just before yes. the break. A well-adjusted uh, young man who is, well, he is in dreamland, isn't he, when you think of what's happened over the last six to eight months? He'd just be loving his football at the moment. You know, to to be a professional footballer, you, you want to always test yourself at the, the highest level you possibly can. So he's doing that domestically, obviously, in the Premier League. But that European football, which is unbelievable, great experience. And now to have the call-up to the to the Scottish national side, that's fantastic. And, and he thoroughly deserves it because his performances, Rob, have been excellent. Not for three months, not for six months, for, for a good 12 to yeah. 18 months. The thing is, as well, people talk about Callum Davidson takes a lot of the glory. And yes, he deserves it. They've defended well. They score goals. But Xander Clark has been a huge played a huge role in St. Johnson's success. Mm. You think about it last season, the double cup winners, his performances, his performance in particular at Galatasaray. I know Galatasaray went down to 10 men, but still they brought him back to St. Johnson with hope that they'd get through a European giant Galatasaray. Yeah. Maybe not as the giants that they were 10, 15 years ago, but he's played his part and I'm, I'm delighted for him. I'm delighted that he's got his call up and we mentioned, will he play? He might not play, but hopefully he'll win his first cap. I think there are others knocking on the door at St Johnston as well, aren't there, off the back of that double cup success last season? I mean, Jason Kerr, the captain, is one that, that screams to mind. I mean, he must be in the thoughts of, of, of Stevie Clark for, for a central defensive position. Yeah, no, exactly right. You look across the board at St Johnston, uh, Robin, and John's just touched on it there. You need a goalkeeper that can keep you in games. You know, you touched on maybe Celtic last season not having a goalkeeper being able to make saves. So a goalkeeper that can make saves gives the whole team confidence. Uh, and then defensively, Rob, you become a lot more um, stable. You have a lot more confidence. Midfield, they're in decent order. And also the attacking options. So St. Johnson are a very good side. The problem that they, they face, Rob, like like a lot of a lot of teams, unfortunately, is um, 
resources there, therefore depth to the squad when you start getting to numbers 15, well, 16 Thursday could help couldn't it? It could, it, could, it, it could help a great deal. Yeah. It could help a great deal. That that, that financial possibility of money uh, coming into the football clubs is huge. I fancy them. I find you know why I fancy them, because they might have made a few mistakes against Galatasaray, strong opposition, but they've got another opportunity to play another game at home, similar scenario, second leg, and I think they'd have learnt from the first leg. It'll be another full house, hopefully at mm. St Johnson. I fancy them to go through Thursday. I really do. Okay, more on that uh, later on. We announced today that Go Radio is the official partner for Scottish women's football and the SWPL. Every Sunday, we will be reporting the live scores and full-time scores from every match and uh, delivering exclusive content throughout the season. And uh, on the line, live right now on the Go Radio football show, we have Scottish women's football CEO Aileen Campbell. Hi, Aileen. Hi, Aileen. Hi there. You, that, this this will this will be music to your ears. All the St Johnston chat we're having. Oh, I was loving it. I, I could have listened to it all day. Um, what a tremendous time to be a St Johnston fan. So yeah, looking forward to the game on Thursday and, and delighted for Xander Clark today. Yeah, you'll you'll be there, will you, Thursday, Aileen? Yeah, I hope to be with my two wee boys who are, even though we we don't live in, in Perthshire anymore, um, but we're still still follow St Johnston. So looking forward to it on Thursday. So tell me about your your new responsibilities with with Scottish women's football. Um, what what are the what are the big barriers you, you you feel as if you've got to to break down? What what your what are your big targets um, getting into this job? You, I think you've been doing it now maybe for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, new in post, uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge. I think there's lots of opportunities, and again, you know really pleased that today we're able to announce the partnership with Go Radio. Uh, it's one of my jobs. Uh, one of the, the things that I'm looking to do is increase the visibility. And uh, and I think that's why today's news around the, the radio partnership we have with you, broadcasting the the results, mm. increasing people's awareness and, and understanding of the games, the, 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 the ties that are happening and, and how exciting the, the leagues can be is a really fantastic opportunity. Also, we've uh, so over the last uh, year, a few years actually, BBC Alaba have broadcast the games uh, live uh, as well. And uh, the last year during uh, COVID, which was really tough for so many people, um, people were looking for more sport to watch. And that was why it was really important that we use that as an opportunity. People would be doing new audiences, new people watching mm. the women's game. And so there's opportunity in amongst that challenge. But there is still fragility in the game and we need to make sure that we grow it uh, sustainably. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was just thinking, do you come to the job possibly at a good time just because of what we've had, the lull we've had and the fact that we're now really just taking steps back towards normality, we're getting crowds back in. So is this quite a good time for you to be doing what you're doing uh, and grabbing a, a slice of the market for Scottish women's football? Yeah, I, I am excited about about this. Um, I, I choose to be optimistic about things because I have to recognise that there are challenges. We had the devastating news when I was literally the first day in post around for for Farmington having to withdraw from yeah. from the league. But 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 nonetheless, you know, that does signal that there is fragility there. But nonetheless, what we have uh, we have to build from there is there are more people playing the game, more girls, women getting involved with football increased visibility we have a really competitive league 
a really exciting new season about to begin and new partners uh, wanting to be part of the action. So I'm choosing to be optimistic. I recognise the challenges. And I think, you know, myself, new in post, um, you know, the other week the new national coach for the women's team was announced. Fiona McIntyre, who was in this role before me, has now a new role in the SFA. So I kind of see this as a, a new chapter in women's football. We need to get behind it. We need to ensure that girls across Scotland know that football is a sport for them. And so I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I recognise the challenges, but I'm looking forward to working with Scottish women's football to increase the visibility, make new partners, increase the commercial viability of the sport and, and to increase participants as well. And what has been a challenging year for everyone. Aileen, it's Craig. How are you? Um, I'm fine. Thank you. Just touching, obviously I've had a little bit of experience in terms of Australia being quite proactive, I believe, in the, in the women's game over the last mm -hmm. uh, few years, but that, that's been on the back of their, their World Cup bid, which was successful in partnership with New Zealand. So 2023, as you're, you're probably well aware of, the World Cup uh, is, is in Australia. So the Matildas, which is our national team, is, is mm -hmm. one of the, the most known national teams across all sports mm -hmm. in Australia. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the possibilities um, that, that are out there for women's football, it, it is massive. And you're right, it's, it's just putting yourself out there. It's being visible. Um, it's attracting the, the commercial opportunities that, that, that come with that because a lot of people really want to get behind the, the women's game, which is, which is fantastic. One, one of the things uh, that we probably struggled a little bit in, in Australia was the actual league and, and whether or not um, they look to expand in terms of clubs or whether they look to introduce the the tiers, so uh, a Division One, for example. They're all challenges that you've got lying ahead uh, of yourself, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think you're right. And um, again, you know, I, I mentioned there, I'm not wanting to dwell on it, but, you know, for for Farmington have been around for a long time uh, in women's football. And as the professional element of it grows, that brings with it challenges and and you know that means that the that we have to face up to those things if we want to continue to grow how does that happen how do we ensure that the, the leagues remain competitive what do we do uh, to, to tackle those challenges and you know importantly if there are examples that we can learn from globally then I would like to learn from them as well you know Australia would seem like a really obvious place to go to if they've gone through reforms and, and thinking through how they grow their game to make sure that they can have competitive leagues, but also have a pipeline of really phenomenal players that can bring about international success. So mm -hmm. I think what I think it's important for me to do is not just think about the game solely in a domestic sense, learn from you know neighbours across in, in England, but across the world as yeah. well, where, where football is maybe a wee bit further ahead in terms of the women's game than, than we currently are, but we're certainly growing and we want to uh, learn from the best. Well, Aileen, I can I can hook you up with any contacts in Australia. Oh. In Australia, no problem at all. You just shout out, Aileen. That sounds like an Australian fact-finding mission to me. If ever I, if ever I heard of one, Aileen, Aileen, I'm, I'm, go on. Sorry, Aileen, go on. No, I was just saying, I think that sounds a brilliant idea. <laughs> and I think as your new radio partner, I'll probably come with you, to be honest. <laughs> Aileen, I've got four daughters and uh, none of them are actually interested in, in football at the minute. What, what advice, what can I say to them to get involved now in, in Scottish football? What would you be saying to four young girls? Oh, four young girls. I think um, I'd be saying to them that the league's about to start. Mm. So watch BBC Halibut, watch the games, see inspiring role models, women who are defying the odds that have 
playing the sport they love um, in a time when it would have been difficult for them to, to do so, maybe to, to take up a sport that, you know, stereotypically has been viewed as not being for them. So yeah. I'd say watch the games, watch these inspiring role models, get behind our women's national team and, and to, to give football a, a try. You know, I also think, you know, I'm a mother of two boys and mm -hmm. they equally get inspired by seeing the women on the telly. And, yeah. you know, my wee boy, like so many of us, FIFA, uh, they play their PlayStation thing and, you know, he they often choose to be, you know, Erin Cuthbert or, you know, play in the women's as the women's team because you know until recently it was them that were leading the, the way in terms of national performances on the international stage so i think we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that they're also role models that inspire we boys who also love football but in terms of your girls get them get them playing have a kick about and make it and i think well what we need to do is make football fun for girls and recognize that they this is a sport that is so good that it brings about much camaraderie and fun and enjoyment and, and should be viewed equally for boys and girls. Is it a dilemma, Aileen, that, that you want to be moving quickly, you want to be climbing the ladder as quickly as possible, making an impact, and yet there are there can be casualties along the way, like, as you mentioned, the For For Farmington story, where they're not going to be part of the, the top flight. They, they, can't, they can't be part of the, the, the top flight now. Yeah, I think, I think there's undoubtedly... Um, those dilemmas and things that we'll need to to work through and it will be a challenge and again that comes from you know now we're really seeing welcome uh, engagement from clubs that are recognizing the value and, and worth and uh, and the positive things that can come from investing and supporting their, their women's teams uh, but that potentially causes a bit of um, an asymmetric league as well and we need to be mindful of that we want to keep the, the league competitive. We want to support all our teams that are playing in our in our leagues, and, and we probably need to make sure that we um, are mindful of the potential consequences in the pursuit of growth. So we need to do it sustainably. We need to do it in a supportive way, and we also, in amongst that, need to recognise the well-being needs of the players as well. It's massive for some of those players to be playing on the television in a in live games as well. So there's lots of things that we need to be mindful of as we as we grow and seek to grow to grow the game but again all of these things are things that are happening because the game is growing so we need to kind of view that as a, a positive thing yeah. and recognize those challenges and to manage those and to navigate around them and for me that means working with the clubs in a proactive collaborative way hearing the challenges which I no doubt will come but trying to you know, drive forward in a collective way to, to make sure that the game can be a success in the country. You mentioned Fiona McIntyre at the, at the Scottish FA. Has it changed days, really, um, as far as the, the association is concerned? Because there, there was a time where it had uh, a, a reputation for being stuck in the dark ages. It was the Blazer Brigade and, and all the rest of it. Are, are we living in much more enlightened times in Scottish football as you look to drive forward the women's game? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, it'll be, we have a, I have a really positive relationship with, with Fiona. Um, I've met her before I'd been in post and, and I know how committed and passionate she is to, to doing all she can for women and girls football. Likewise, I've met with Ian Maxwell fairly early on in, in my, uh, when I joined uh, SWF. So he's been really supportive uh, as well. So yeah, I hope that can signal, uh, like I say, a new chapter, a new, a new national coach, Fiona doing her role, me doing my role, new faces, new new kids on the block and hoping that that can bring about momentum, 
challenge where it's needed, uh, to where, where we need to make improvements and bring about change. Uh, so I, I'm hopeful that that, yeah, that is a new chapter for, for women's football and not only in Scottish women's football, but also in the governing body, the SFA too. It's a broad spectrum, isn't it, in terms of uh, what you have to, to try to do, what your targets mm-hmm. will be, what you're aiming to achieve in your time uh, in the job. I mean, you'll, you'll look to improve things, I would imagine, at, at grassroots level, participation and all the rest of it. But, but you've also got to be looking at the top end, haven't you, and, and the jobs mm-hmm. uh, and well-paid jobs so that there's that incentive uh, for girls and women to want to climb the ladder. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is a, a mammoth task that we have at um, Scottish Women's Football. We have, like you say, the SWPL leagues, um, other leagues that are, are feeding into that uh, competitive element and elite element of the game, along with a huge number of um, youth leagues and, and recreational uh, leagues as well. So there's a huge spe- spectrum there. And that means we need to make sure that we're having the right focus in the right way to, to ensure that those leagues where girls are playing up and down the country feel supported and part of a bigger drive to increase visibility of women in sport, along with making sure that they can identify inspiring role models that they'll see on their television. Um, success breeds success, and, and we want to ensure that our SWPL clubs continue to compete in really exciting leagues uh, and that they go on to inspire new generations of, of girls to come and play football and boys as well because again yeah. you know I go back to my point these are phenomenal role models for, for any child wanting to take up a sport but I think for me it is important about getting the girls involved in football it's a brilliant sport as you all know um, yeah. and it's one that I wish if I was a wee girl now that I had the chance to uh, chance again to, to take up the sport in a, in a different climate than, the, than what it was when I was younger. Eileen, I wanted to, to ask you uh, in terms of what support you get from government um, here in, in, in Scotland because the reason why I ask because again, through the World Cup bit, I mean, there was a lot of money thrown uh, mm-hmm. at the World Cup uh, and it, it's obviously massive, that injection in cash because the biggest problem that, uh, that I think a lot of the, the women's game suffers is... is I'm talking about Scotland uh, and even in Australia was facilities. Mm. That was that was the, mm. the the biggest issue. If you were if you were unable to share facilities, the the other facilities weren't up to scratch. So the government really jumped on board in Australia. Are you having those kind of conversations here? Yeah. Well, I mean, just before you answer, really, no, I was I was we were worryingly Craig and I were thinking the same thing at the same time there because I was about to ask you the same question based on the fact that you were 14 years on MSP. And you were you were you're a former sports minister, so so you know it. You know this situation from the other side of the fence. Does that help you in getting increased government support, uh, getting f- women's football up the priority list? So, our relationship is slightly is slightly different. You know, Scottish women's football is is part of the governing body, and the, the relationship between the government is with the governing body, the SFA and Sports Scotland. So, I need to also be quite clear and careful about having fairly recently come out of government there are restrictions that put in place because I'm a former minister so I need to be quite careful about how I manage that so what my job is to make sure is we kind of grow the commercial uh, financial support that we get out there making sure that we can develop new partners making sure that we can get more money in the game I know that the Scottish government when I was a minister myself the Scottish government we did and I increased a um uh, investment in, in sport uh, during the time I was uh, in post and know that 
Sports Scotland has a really, um, you know, a great track record in some of the facilities that it's invested in to try and help support more people taking up sports. So the Orium was opened up when I was uh, in post. Uh, likewise, the facilities out in Lark. So, so there is investment going into facilities. What I also recognise is, though, at a local level, that there is and are challenges around facilities and around where women play, where they can get slots. And that that's tough. That's something that the men's game doesn't have to yeah. uh, overcome. So that is something that we do need to bottom out because it also has a knock-on impact on the connectivity that they can have with their community. You yeah. know, you know we're all, we all rec- I, you know, when I was growing up in Perth, easily go to McDermott Park on a Saturday at three o'clock and knew that football was on. And, and that's something that, we need to try and establish in some way, I think, that connectivity with the community so that they can get behind uh, their team and, and support the women who are playing on the pitch. And so the facilities issue is, is a maybe a thornier issue for us to try and overcome because it yeah. won't happen overnight. Uh, but um, it's one that we recognise and one that we'll need to work with the clubs. As the game continues to grow, looks more professional. And, and I guess with that comes heightened demands about what that then looks like on the TV and how it's presented uh, through, the, through the media as well. So I, I know that um, Mary Todd, the new minister, will be having lots of engagement with the, the FFA, with other governing bodies. Yeah. I just need to be a wee bit careful because of the restrictions that are there, and good, for good reason, uh, yeah. and as a former minister. Aileen, good to have you on the show. Good to hear your thoughts about uh, things going forward. And I would imagine the, the new CEO at Scottish Women's Football is going to get a few tickets for McDermott Park on Thursday night. That should be that should be all right, shouldn't it? <laughs> I'm a season play- Oh, I, I know. It's all, it's all above board and myself. So. Uh, I've got you. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, enjoy that and, and enjoy your new role as well. And, uh, you know, we're delighted uh, at Go Radio uh, to have this relationship uh, with Scottish women's football. And we are too. Thank you so much for your support. It really means a lot. Thanks, Aileen. All the best. All the best. Thanks, Aileen. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Thanks, Chris. And suddenly we are careering towards the news at six. First uh, 45 minutes or so has whizzed by with uh, Xander Clark joining us early on, talking about his call-up today to the Scotland squad for those three upcoming World Cup qualifiers. And thanks to Aileen Campbell for joining us as well. Very interesting chat there about Scottish women's football on the back of uh, that new partnership being announced between ourselves at Go Radio and Scottish Women's Football and the SWPL. In terms of uh, the men's game, uh, we're looking back on the weekend. Uh, we're looking ahead to Europe on Thursday night. And of course, we're looking ahead to Sunday. How many days away are we now? What is that? Wednesday to Sunday, is that five days, yeah, four days, yeah. five days? It's getting close anyway. Rangers against Celtic. For the first time this season, it's Rob McLean, John Hartson and Craig Moore in the studio. And we have David with us, a Rangers fan. Hi, David. Evening, everybody. How are you? How are you? Uh, Doing well. uh, Getting back out and out with the COVID. It's easing up a wee bit. But I've got a wee question for the panel. Sure. Uh, You can feel free to answer whatever way you like. Um, uh, Who do you think uh, is the favourite going in for the old firm? Yeah, it's a good. It's a really good question, isn't it? And and I would imagine that over the last few weeks, Craig Moore, um, the complexion has changed a bit. 
Uh, yeah, I think it has. I mean, look, that, that question two or three weeks ago, uh, if you're getting any early prices going into the first uh, Old Firm Derby, then Rangers would be very, very firm favourites um, and very, very short indeed. I don't know, David, if you know too much about odds, but I guess that, that would be very, very short. Odds on. Um, but I think, you know, they, they've they've not had an unbelievable start to the season. Celtic um, have, have picked themselves up after the, the first loss against Hearts at the start of the season and have been um, unbelievable. You know, they've had two 6-0 wins. Um, they're playing free-flowing football. And... Um, they will go into this game. I know that we've still got Europe on Thursday night, but they will go into this game with a lot of confidence, in my opinion. Um, but I still think at home, I, th I still think that Rangers would be favourites. John Hartson? I agree with Craig. Uh, I think um, Rangers will start favourites. Um, but Celtic are playing, you know, they're playing with a the swagger. They really are. They've, As Craig said, they've won six out of six. Uh, the strikers are scoring goals and uh, 24 goals I think it is in, in six games yeah uh, really impressive from yeah. Celtic yeah some clean sheets in there as well um, so I think Celtic if they go at it in the right manner I think they can they can cause an upset and uh, with the pace and the power that they have in particular going forward I'm still to be convinced by Starfelt the centre half um, I'm not overly convinced yet that um, that he is the centre-half, the commanding centre-half to, to take Celtic forward in, in, in the next few years uh, and play alongside Welsh, who's, who's come on magnificently. So I agree slightly with Craig that Rangers will start favourites on the back of um, on, on the back of winning the, the title last season. It's at Ibrox. There's no away fans, by the way. It's going to be... Uh, it's it's going to be quite um, quite an atmosphere in Rangers' favour because they'll have all the home fans. Uh, and what I think one thing I would say is, well, Kyogo is his first um, derby. So, you know, he's going to go into it. He hasn't seen it before. He hasn't, you know, maybe uh, not experienced it, as I said. So, you know, that's a good thing. I think sometimes when you've experienced the atmosphere, you know what you're going into. But if you're blind to it, it's just going to, it's just going to be another game for him. But, uh, you know, I think Celtic can be competitive, and of course they could win. But you, you wouldn't, you would naturally make Rangers slight favourites. Yeah. I, I agree. I think they're, they're favourites. But David, I'm interested to hear your thoughts as well, because um, I would, I would have been a lot know, more confident um, two or three I weeks ago. The last, yeah, I think uh, the last few games has uh, picked up my expectations a little bit. I think we've, we've not had the best start of the season, but um, I think we're starting to come good now. Um, I think it really could go either way. Um, even as a Rangers fan, I, I I'm looking over and and a wee bit of uh, jealousy at Furuhashi. He's <laughs> he's seems to be absolutely brilliant, and I, I'm no one of these people where I don't want like one team to be doing all the time. I want the best for our, our country, and I want a competitive league this year again because it just makes it all the sweeter when the cup ends up in your your pocket. I think David, because Rangers haven't been favourites for a very very long time. You know, it's unfamiliar, you know, territory for Rangers, I feel. Because now they, you know, it's okay winning the league. They did very, very well. But can they retain the lead? Mm. So they'll they'll feel a little bit of that pressure. Mm. Uh, and, and as I said, Celtic will be probably more than happy not being favourites because they have carried the can. They are the ones that's always had the pressure to go and win because they were on such a great run, obviously, previously to last season. So I don't think it, it will concern Celtic too much by not being favourites and by being favourites 
I think that might just add that little bit of pressure with no away fans there as well onto Rangers. Oh, we're talking about three games in, by the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, yeah. You look, both teams have lost a league game this season. Yeah. We always say that these particular games are not necessarily where the league ends up going anyway. They're no. big games to win. Are, you saying, are games. you saying it doesn't matter, John? No, but they're derby games. Of course they're big games to win. Yes, supporters absolutely love winning these particular games, but they very seldom... Yeah. decide where the title goes yeah we're still in August aren't we David so you're more encouraged by the fact that Rangers scored four good goals in Dingwall on Sunday than you are concerned that they lost a couple of goals and, and there has been that vulnerability about Rangers in the last few weeks yeah um, if you look at the, the way that we played in that match it was a lot more uh, the classic Rangers of last season spreading the ball around um, seeing each other a lot better uh, important passes coming off and crossing seem to be a lot better as well. It seems like, as if we had a wee bit of is starting to go now. Morelos is starting to fire in all cylinders as well. Uh, it's looking absolutely brilliant for the old Birmingham football fan. Uh, and I'll say, I think Rangers will win, but it'll be a close one, I reckon. Yeah, did, I, see, I don't think it will be close. Did you? Did, did you? Really? I mean, I think, sorry. I think there'll be goals. I don't think it's going to be a tight. I think there's actually going to be a, a quite a, quite a number of goals in this match. Mm. Just the way that, that Celtic set out. And yeah, play. but three all's quite close. No, no, sorry, that's what I mean. I changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah in terms of, I, I think it'll be a really, really entertaining game, Rob. I mean, obviously, Reigns and Celtic fans, <laughs> there's a lot at stake. But I think anybody that's just watching this game because they love football, I think are going to get a fantastic match. Yeah, I, I think as well. I think Celtic will fancy it. I think they'll really fancy it. You know, if you look at Turnbull with a hat-trick at the weekend, mm. he's playing in a more advanced role, attacking, goal-scoring midfielder. You know, McGregor's playing really well. Rogic has come on to a game. You know, why they've got... Um, if Kyogo, if, if Edward starts, he'd probably play through the middle again. Kyogo, Abada got two at the weekend. James Forrest wasn't even in the squad uh, at the weekend. So he's, to come, so he's got to come back. On in. the back of how Celtic have started, now I know Rangers had a good result at the weekend up at Ross County. On the back of how Celtic have started and the feel-good fact, the momentum that Andrews created, I think Celtic went to the game and I think they'll quite fancy it on the back of the way that they're playing. They're, they're playing with, as I said, a swagger, with a confidence, a real sort of confidence about them. Everybody wants it. You know, everybody's in, in sync. Everybody's playing well together, you know, and I think they'll really fancy it this weekend. Craig, David's got the feeling that that Rangers have turned a corner, that that felt like the maybe the start of the turning of a corner in Dingwall on Sunday. Do you, do you see it that way? Still turning for me. Uh, it's, it's not, we've turned the... We, we, we've is, not it, turned, is it early days of left, yeah, left just, hand down started. into the bend? Yeah, we've just started. Look, for me... Going forward, uh, intensity, um, getting deliveries into the box, meaningful deliveries, massive improvement, massive improvement. But for me, it's still a concern that you you, you concede two goals. Um, you know, look, that for me is 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 disappointing. I know Stephen touched on uh, Stephen Gerrard touched on, like I said, the, the positives which you do as a manager. But I, I'm still disappointed in losing goals, and and I I just think that you've got to you've the, the chopping and changing of the team as well. Uh, for me, is is something that um, I don't think helps, especially you know in the uh, the back four, Rob. And I, I think it showed. I think it showed up this season in terms of the inconsistency um, of the way that that Rangers have performed. And you look at their previous successes, and it was on the back of stability, good defence, and the ability to go forward. So, yes, they're improving. They're turning the corner. They'll need to be up for this on Sunday. David, what's your score Sunday? 
Uh, I reckon it'll be three one Rangers. I reckon Connor Goldson will get one of them. Alrighty. Thanks for joining Cheers, us on the show. Cheers, David. All the best. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. You just never know where the football conversation is going to go on the show. Well, we don't have a clue really where it's going to go next, so you've got no chance of trying to second guess us, to be uh, perfectly honest. It's Robin Craig and John with you, and feel free to join us on that number, 0808 17 17. 700. Uh, we were talking just before the news at six about Rangers against Celtic. Um, not so long ago, it felt like it felt like it was quite a long way away that game. Suddenly, it is almost upon us. But lots of big games to be played uh, between now and then uh, for Rangers and Celtic, of course, uh, among others. Rangers in Armenia, four o'clock start against Alishkert. They're one nil up uh, from Ibrox. That game in which John Lundstrom was sent off, of course. Alfredo Morelos did what he does uh, in European football, uh, and he, Craig, is going to be really important to Rangers isn't he, in the return game on Thursday afternoon? Very much so. Look, Morelos, especially in the, the European fixtures, um, has always um, come up goods. He scored very, very important goals for, for Rangers. And I've, I've actually been pleasantly surprised in terms of the order that he's come back in, um, yeah. you know, after his, uh, his break in terms of, you know, the... the international football. He seems in good spirits he, as well, doesn't he? He, he seems, seems very smiley. Yeah, he seems very happy with himself. And, and, and again, I think I've watched him now a couple of times. Uh, and John, you'll appreciate that being a strike. I think his movement's been, he's been decent. It's mm. been sharp. He's wanted to be involved. There's been a couple of games where maybe again, you know, strikers, they thrive off a of service. And if that's not there, it's very difficult. But he always gives his, himself a chance and the team a chance to score goals because he gets himself in the right positions in the box. And when you're looking for a man to take a chance yeah. in Europe, I mean, he's just proved it yes. in the last few years, John, hasn't he? Well, Especially maybe away from home sometimes. You know, he, he occupies defenders and he takes big chances. And he's become your go-to man, hasn't he? He's always been Rangers' go-to man, actually. He's got a lot of goals for Rangers. Um, but I think he feels like he's the main man now. I think the manager realises that he starts and Rangers are a different team. He, he gives you that presence up top, up the top of the field. He's very unpredictable, I feel. You don't know what he's going to do. Um, he's he's sneaky quick. He's not the quickest at the 1v1. I think most people would beat him, but if he can get away from you, he gets his body across people, gets his arm across the, the, the defender's chest. You can't get the ball off him. He's very, very strong. And what I like about him as well, I watched the game against Malmo, and he wasn't just occupying the width of the 18-yard box. He was running in behind. He yep. was creating mm. chances. He was just being a pest. That's what he's an absolute mm. pest to play against. Greg, you you were a physical yeah. centre half, and we come up against each other many a times. You know, you'd find Morelos difficult because you wouldn't know what he's going to do next. He almost goes to control it, comes off the outside of his right foot, but then that takes him in. Mm. He's in on goal, and the fact that Steve Gerrard has backed him every game this season, he's played him, he's trusted in him. And that that's as that gives you great confidence as a centre forward. He feels like the main man now. He's a, he's a bit like the show, isn't he? He doesn't know what he's going to do next. Uh, to yeah. be to be perfectly honest, um, but I mean, it's funny, isn't it? There have been so many question marks. Maybe it, right across his entire time at Rangers, even to, even when he first arrived, there was talk about transfers and moves elsewhere. Still, nothing has happened, and still he remains the main man, doesn't he, to lead the attack? He has he has been, and like I said, you're right. It's been. There's been speculation from start to, to now, mm. um, you know, always about 
uh, his future and, and, you know, clubs that are meant to be interested and, mm. and all those kind of things. But for, for the majority of, of that time, um, he's continued to play and, and to score goals. And he is the number one striker at Rangers. There, there is no doubt um, about that. The only areas where he's, he's let himself down is, you know, with the, the silly sending sendings discipline. off and discipline, and and he's he's a, he's seems he, to be he rectified that a yeah. lot a lot better yes. at that. Um, and then he starts to become, as John says, that more that that complete player because he's strong. He can pin you. He can make that run in behind you. He's got the assist. He can go and head the ball. I think the one person that needs to take big credit for that is Steven Gerrard because he's kept him. There would have been times where he could have offloaded him. There's no doubt about that. And what he's had to do, he's had to say to uh, Morelos, carry on to be yourself, but I can't handle the, the sending-offs. He doesn't want to take that aggression side of him, that you know, that running power, that little bit of cynical you know, nastiness about him. But you can't be getting sent off. You can't be elbowing people off the ball or going over the top. Don't lose your aggression, but you control know, it. just controlled aggression type of thing. And it's several times he could have left the club. I have no doubt about that, but his mm. manager stuck with him, realised how important he is to the team. He came up trumps last season, scored his first goal against Celtic, and he's now become, as I said, the number nine for yeah. Rangers. Yeah. And there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. He scored uh, last Thursday. He scored on Sunday as well. He's a big player for Rangers this coming Thursday. But it's at the other end of the pitch that Stephen Gerrard will have more concerns, Craig, um, about this game, keeping the back door shut. Um, a back line, which, as you've said already on the show, has been tweaked and changed a bit more than he would have liked, I think, in the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, look, for me, I'm looking at Hollander and Goldson being the best partnership, my opinion. Um, obviously, Balogun's come come in and out also. Well, that, that partnership won on the league last year, yeah, conceded very few goals. Know, so for me, that that still is the partnership, Rob. Mm -hmm. I think Bassi's made a real claim and, and has deserved his opportunity uh, to be number one left fullback at this moment in time, um, based on performance, not reputation. But but is that a blow to Rangers that that Bassi is ahead in the pecking order at the moment because Barisic at the top of his game. Yeah. Is is a is a match winner for them because of his assists. Yeah, but I, again, then I, I think you take away what Bassi has done on a day to day basis, and when he's he, he's continued to try and improve himself, mm. and um, you know Batisic has, has dropped off a little bit for whatever reason. You know, sometimes that happens. You have a dip of form and all that sort of stuff, and Bassi's come in and he, and he's done a job, and he's just as important going forward because he can work the full left flank. He can also defend. Um, you know, whereas Barisic can, it's probably not his favourite part of his game. Uh, loves to go forward and, and, and deliver. Tav, obviously, uh, as right fullback and, and McGregor in goals. And, and look, I just think that with the changes that, um, you know, Steven Gerrard has had to make this season, and I say he's had, he's had to, to make them because there's reasons why he's continued, continued to shuffle his pack. But it then becomes hard to, to build consistency. And, you know, consistency is from a goalkeeper that makes those big saves, a steady back line. The rest kind of then takes care of itself, Rob. You know, you've got someone in there that can that, that can hold the middle of the park, which they have, and then you've got people that can go and win games. I think too many times we, we, we complicate the game of football. You know, it's like yeah. it's five players that look to control and protect and, and four or five players look to go and win the games of football. Yeah. 
That does sound simple, actually. Um, is it simple for Ange Postacoglu, John, this weekend? I mean, I, I know we're looking beyond the European game at the moment. We're talking Rangers Celtic yeah. for the moment. But, and obviously things could change based on Thursday. But would, you, would it be straightforward or not for Ange Postacoglu at the moment in terms of the team he puts out? I mean, the defence kind of picks itself at the moment because there aren't too many options. Juranovic is coming today, isn't he, right back? Yeah, Juranovic is in, but I don't imagine mm. he's going to tamper with the team mm -hmm. as quickly maybe. as this weekend. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, yeah maybe, maybe he could. But what about the what about the front six? Um, is is Odson Edouard going to start the old firm well, game? If, if or, he's or, still at the or, 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 or well, if, let's let's imagine that he is still there. Yeah. Or or does Kyogo play through the middle because he's been the the guy who's scored who's scored six goals already? Yeah, I like Kyogo through the middle, and I think he prefers to be there. In my opinion, um, he's a, he's a centre forward. He's a poacher, makes great runs. He knows that role. Yes, he's capable of playing wide, as as we've already seen. Um, if Edward, I think if everybody's fit, I think Edward will play through the middle, and Kyogo will play in the left, Abada on the right. Ange will be the coolest man in the stadium, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He won't panic. He, he'll be exactly he'll, the he'll same. Love it. Craig knows him better than I do. You know, he won't get um, he won't get affected by the noise and everything else. You know, and he'll just say to the players, "Go, go and play, go and press. Let's defend strongly." And Rangers will know that. Celtic to get at Celtic they'll want to press them high that'll mean Joe Hart will probably have to go long because uh, you don't want to be taking any risks defensively mm. you know I'm playing out from the back and uh, I'm trying to look you know maybe at this stage early on with Ange's tactics and philosophy the way that he wants to play let me let me take you back though to that team selection I'm, I'm mm. intrigued because um, would, there, would there be something in your head if you went for Edouard through the middle and Kyogo on the left, would there be something troubling you in your mind that actually the guy who's really lit the fuse for Celtic this season, you actually want him through the middle? You want yeah. him making those little darting darting runs and yeah. scoring goals as he's done repeatedly? You, you make a great point, Rob. Yeah. You make a great point. I, I don't pick the Celtic team. I'm only trying to give my view. But I like Kyogo, obviously, through the middle. You then can play, you can play Christie wide left. You can play a Barda on the right that's we've seen that as well this season you could play a barder on the left coming in on his right foot you, you could play um, James Forrest you could play Forrest out there sorry yeah of course because James has had a great season as well he's scored goals and particularly in Europe he looks really back to his to his best form you know he looks fit he's sharp he wants to take players on when he gets on the ball he's direct so the one good thing I would say that Ange has you know, does does Rogic play? Does Christie play where Rogic is playing? You know that Turnbull will play. You know that McGregor will play. Yeah. So the one thing he's got, he must sit there with his with his staff. It's a lovely problem and, to and, have. And oh. mull and mull over. Right. Yeah. Who do we play? Yeah. How can we be effective? They'll have a look at last week's game, thinking, who did really well? Who can we put on that might just make a difference for us? How can we be more solid? Because the defence will need more protection away in Alkmaar. I don't think that, you know, we, we can go, Shella can go gung-ho and push players forward like they did in the first leg. They're at home, they're a great crowd. That's a big advantage behind them. And they won the game 2-0. Joe Hart made a brilliant save, brilliant save. with his feet. Yep. Talk about, you know, goalkeepers making big saves at right times. Yeah. All of a sudden, that changes the atmosphere if Alkmaar take the lead. Celtic, I feel, with the players we've just spoken about there, the one advantage I'd give them going away is that I feel they can score. Yeah. I always think against yeah. any any opposition right now, the way that they're playing... Especially at the moment, It yeah. just looks so fluent. Yeah. And there's a, 
you know, there's a real poise about the way that they're playing. Yeah. Um, so for me, there's options. There's options there. Yeah. And the good options is look at look yeah. at what he's done to Rogic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, see me a touch on that. Sorry, Rob. See you touch on Rogic. Mm. Like for me, um, the partnership that he's already struck up with Kyogo through the middle in terms of the way that they... They link together, Craig, they? They link together very, Mm. very well. So for me, you can put Edouard through the middle and Kyogo goes out wide. Mm. I think you lose that connection. That that, that looks as if it's really blossoming. Mm -hmm. Um, If if, if we're talking about the old firm game alone, right? Yeah. I I think that potentially um, Edouard could be left out. Mm-hmm. And then he goes Kyogo uh, through through the middle. I just think that that's that's where he's most he's most dangerous, John, against two central defenders that that won't like that type. I was yeah. going to say, what do Rangers not want? They probably don't want Kyogo playing through the middle. That's what I would be thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, for me, like again, as a central defender, you you, you ask me in terms. Edward's a great talent, but he's a type of player that you know. The likes of Goldson and Holanda, if he was to play and all that sort of stuff, physically it's it's a it's a good matchup. It'll be a decent battle and all that. Kyogo offers something different. Yeah. And the other thing is as well, let's just think in there for a quick second about what you said, making that point. Kyogo through the middle has been he's been nothing but spectacular. He really has. Everybody loves him. Everybody just wants to see him play at the minute. He's such a goal threat. Makes brilliant runs, excellent finisher, six goals in five games or whatever it is. Mm. And if he does play him through the middle, then Christie is better suited out wide than Edward. Because he's not used to really being yeah. Edward. And then you've got Christie on one side or Forrest, Abado will definitely play. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's an interesting call. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. who would like to be a manager well, making all these calls? I know. But exactly. one thing, Rob, options. For yeah. managers, yeah. it's massive. It's huge. Yeah, and and that that did strike me uh, commentating on the game on Saturday was that Celtic scored six and could have scored another six yep. in the game, um, and also the fact it was all achieved with Rogic on the bench for most of it mm-hmm. and James Forrest not involved at all. Yep. So that just underlines your well, point. Well, he can John. leave he can leave people on the subs bench now. He can leave people out altogether because he's got he's got games now. Celtic have gone. By the way, this is what they've gone. They've gone Saturday. A Wednesday, a Sunday, a Tuesday, a Thursday, yeah. a Saturday. For the last four or five weeks, the players have not had a respite. But yeah. you know, you can afford to now rest players, give players extra, you know, minutes on the pitch for the legs and everything yeah. else. This is but, what you can do. But when you're scoring, when you're getting six wins on the trot and you're yeah. scoring twenty-four yeah, yeah. goals, you're not caring about how many games are coming up. Um, oh, you know, winning, it, winning is an amazing thing. Uh, and the players, are not, the players your... are not getting the ump, Craig, either, because sometimes yeah. you know a lot of players can. Can sulk and think. Oh, so even well, when they're being substituted, how many times do you so, see that? Or when they're being left out, think, oh, I want to play. But what you're seeing is, is there's a real togetherness. Yeah. You it, know, he's he's almost united the dressing room. So we're in this together. We don't win as individuals. Yeah. We can't win as individuals. We win as a team. Yeah. You know, we defend strongly. Ralston and Taylor getting forward, they're getting back. And you know we've not spoken about Ralston yet. Yeah, and and there's one there's one guy that we have touched on, but we haven't really spoken a great deal about him. And he was in the Scotland squad today, and he's going to be banging hard on that door for Stevie Clark to put him in his starting eleven. And that's David Turnbull, who w- was outstanding in a struggling team last season. Uh, maybe had a faltering start to this season, but he in did. the last week or two, he is coming on strong. Yeah, for me, uh, I've touched on it so many times. So he came into the Celtic team last season. He was the best player by a mile. And I, and I was thinking that this season is really going to be a season where 
Um, he can make a real name for himself. And then he started off the season um, slightly off, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But I tell you what, he's come back onto back onto his game, back doing everything that we've seen, if not better again. He's he's a player that um, he's very positive. Obviously, he's always in a position to receive the ball, to look to go forward. Edge of the box, looking to strike, normally hits a target, and you see the type of goals, John, that he's that he's yeah. scoring, and, all yeah. that. and he has he has that confidence. You touch that that swagger yeah. uh, again. It's like there's a confidence about him, mm. but there's not an arrogance. Mm. The goal that he scored at the weekend, one of his goals, he shifts it to his right hand side, and he hits what you call a footballer will know this hits across the ball. And it's almost going towards the corker, and then it just sways off yep. to the right because of the angle. Cut across he's it. Hit it. He's cut right yeah. across the ball. And the keeper's thinking, he's, and all of a sudden, it just shifts to his right-hand side. Yeah. But that, that's years of technique and mm. on the training ground. and um, But he's got fabulous technique, as I said. And, and what, what I like as well uh, with Celtic, what they're doing is they're relying on the two midfield players, McGregor and Rogic, to allow Turnbull to play further up the pitch because he is a goal scorer. Mm. He, if, if he can... And, and midfield goal scorers, box-to-box players, if you can get 10, 12 goals out of your midfield, even 13, 14, Paul Scholes, Frank Lampard, they come up with 20 every season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why they're, they're, they're you know, Top. they've got the, the, the respect now and everything from the... They're retired. Yeah. But if you're a goal-scoring midfielder that, come up, that can come up with them type of numbers, not only is it great for yourself... But it also helps the team out. So you're not relying totally on your centre forwards to score goals every week. We're getting ahead of, ahead of ourselves. It's what we do on this show, to be honest, looking ahead to Sunday lunchtime in Govan Rangers against Celtic for the first time this season. But of course, uh, four big games Thursday night for Rangers and Celtic, for Aberdeen and St Johnston as well. Uh, big prizes in front of all four. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Wednesday's Go Radio Football Show. John Hartson, Craig Moore, Rob McLean at your service. And uh, feel free to join us uh, for the football chat 0808 17 17 700. Uh, we just got launched headlong there into a discussion about Sunday. We were getting ahead of ourselves because uh, Rangers and Celtic plus Aberdeen and St Johnston have uh, big European ties to come on Thursday and of course we spoke with uh, Xander Clark right at the top of the show he's been called up to the Scotland squad uh, today uh, he just had to get in didn't he really no David Marshall because he's not getting football John McLaughlin drops out as well Liam Kelly of Motherwell is in there and you would imagine Craig Gordon is going to be the first choice going into these three World Cup qualifiers um, against Denmark Moldova and Austria Let's let's talk to John, a Scotland fan. Hi, John. Hi, Rob. How you doing? Yeah, all, all well. Right, John. All well, thanks. How are you? Okay. Yeah, good. Just been um, enjoying the summer and stuff, and um, looking forward to the Scotland games coming up. Um, how are you guys, um, Craig and John? So good, uh, very well. good, um, uh, John. John, can you qualify? It's going to be difficult. Because um, oh, you're know, cutting to the chase, John. Say, I was yeah. like, that's Woo. boom, that's direct. I in, love in, it. In, well, goes, in goes Hartson. That's how John likes it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I think it's going to be difficult. But, um, you know, I think we need to take something in Austria, um, without a doubt. Um, I, I actually think the way things, um, the way results have been going, I think we need, possibly need to win that game and it will be difficult. But 
Um, what is positive is the boy that um, scored twice against his last team, which is all he's going to be missing, although we are missing McTominay, which is a bit of a blow, but you never know. It's um, 90 minutes. We've, we've got a chance. Um, the, the game I'm really looking forward to is the Moldova one because I'm getting to take um, my six-year-old boy to his first ever game of football. Oh, excellent. Really excited about. That's good. Brilliant, mate. That's good. And, and when the squad was named, John, what, what was your immediate reaction? Well, the first thing is I'm delighted to see Xander Clark in the squad um, and Liam Kelly for that matter. Um, but Xander Clark in the last year um, in big games has really come up with some big moments and some key saves and he's very much improved. I think the two of them deserve to be in. Um, it's unfortunate for David Marshall, but you can't justify picking someone who's yeah. third choice at Derby. And same with John McLaughlin. He's not getting games at Rangers. He's only played one game. Mm-hmm. Or is it two? Um, yeah, maybe so, a couple. And yeah. We've got to look to the yeah, future. Um you know, have someone ready to come in because obviously Marshall's in his mid to late 30s um, and Gordon, whilst I think it's right, he is number one for these games because yeah. he's been outstanding since the start of the season. Um, again, we've got to look beyond him um, towards the uh, 2024 because um, will he still be number one by then? I'm not sure. So I'm glad those two are in and I'm glad from also club bias point of view that Lewis Ferguson's made. I think he started the season very well. He's always had maybe some motivation um, behind it because he's maybe trying to get a move and I can't blame him. But um, whilst he's playing well for Aberdeen, and I'm happy. On his 22nd birthday as well. So happy birthday to Lewis. Lewis yeah. um, his, his uncle's on the show uh, tomorrow night. He'll be he'll be yeah. chuffed about that. And it's a natural progression. Um, and But it's a tough area to, to Craig Moore to break into the Scotland team, isn't it? Yeah, I was actually with his uncle today for a coffee and we, ah. we were none the wiser, so the announcement came after ah. uh, we'd caught up. But um, now, nah, did he pay? Sorry? Did he pay? He does like no, to pay. No, to be fair, I think I paid. I think I paid. But he's, he's a team captain here, so I was like, <laughs> <laughs> had, to, had to crack on. But now, nah, Lewis, um, Lewis Ferguson, for me, had a, a, a quiet season last, mm. just, just past. And, and we kind of have all seen the, the, the talent there. Um, I just felt as if last season... You know he's probably not at his best, and sometimes it's difficult as a younger player to to hit those levels consistency. But for me, he's a he's a modern day uh, midfield player, a box to box type. You know, he I don't want to see him too deep getting involved in build ups, Rob. If I'm honest, because no. that's not his strength. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's definitely one that further forward. Yeah. Um. You know, and and arriving late. You know, yeah. not not being high and standing waiting, but arriving late. So he's. He's a modern-day box-to-box player. He's got great physicality. He's got good size. He's got goals in him. He's shown that he's got the mental toughness to, to, to take penalties at a young age in, yeah. in big moments. Are you surprised, Craig, he's still at Aberdeen? Well, I think he is. No, I, I look, I mean, there's, there's definitely obviously been interest in uh, in Lewis Ferguson, but Aberdeen, you know, value uh, the player quite a lot mm-hmm. uh, and therefore have, have, you know, probably thought that a high price and, and something that's not, not been offered at this moment in time. So mm-hmm. therefore, Lewis is, Lewis is still there and performing well. What he's got is a great attitude, I think, Lewis Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad, Derek, his, his uncle, his uncle Barry, a bit of massive influence on him. And whatever is happening in the background, and however cheesed off he was, that that bid from Watford wasn't accepted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you never get less than hundred percent from him, and he scored. He was their top scorer last season, only, only ten. But but he, he's got three already this season, and and what the signing of Scott Brown has done is given him a bit more license to do exactly what you're talking about because yeah. 
Craig Brown is going to uh, Scott Brown is going to yeah. lock the door basically defensively in midfield but you touch on there that he scored only 10 last season this is a midfield player this is a young player yeah. this is I, I mean that was no, 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 top no, scorer no, only no, 10 no, 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 no but I mean yeah. that's, that, that's a great return go on John I think to be fair, a lot of his goals were penalties last season, and he did. He went from October to the end of the um, near the end of the season without scoring, mm-hmm. um, because when he came back from Scotland under twenty one J, there was a couple of them that had COVID cases, yep. and he was one that was forced to self isolate. So I don't know if that, and obviously Aberdeen's form um, took a bit of a nosedive. And we became horrendous to watch. I've made that point a few a few <laughs> times, and that's unfortunately why um, there was a part of the ways, but. I think um, the new formation's helping him. I think obviously Scott Brown's helping him. The only question is, he's uh, talking about him being a box-to-box player, and I agree with that, but where does he fit in the Scotland team? Because the, the area he would prefer to play, mm. you're not dropping John McGinn from then. No. If you're dropping no. John, John McGinn, you're adding the likes of Ryan mm-hmm. Christie. I think McGregor plays, doesn't yeah. he? Billy Gilmore, there's a big... McGregor, Gilmore, McGinn are certainties. But John, Scotland. can I just say, John, as well, John, in the Euros, right, you lost two and you drew one, okay? Um, so, but you got to the Euros, so that's progress. So now you've got the World Cup qualifiers, John. Steve Clark now has just been put in charge for this tournament and the Euros in 2024. So is it time now to step up? I know it's progress, you've just got through to your first tournament for 20 odd years whatever it was the Euros 23 23 but is it time now you just mentioned there and I I see a really good bright future for the national team I look at some of these players they're still young right they're still very young we just spoke about Lewis Ferguson you know Che Adams scored at the weekend against Man United um Lyndon Dykes is new to it Christie a lot of these teeny Robertson you've got top players right is it time now that Stevie Clark and these players stepped up and made this proud nation really proud of its football team again? Because you've got quality players now. You've waited a generation. You've got great young players playing at the highest level. What would you say, John? Is it now time to start qualifying for tournaments on a regular basis? I don't think there's any doubt. That's the, the aim, John. Um, you know, we don't want to wait another 23 years. There's no point in getting to one tournament and then just sitting still. You've got to move move forward. But as you say, we've got some good players playing at good level. And there's even some younger players coming through. You know, again, I'm using my club bias here. I'm excited by the boy Calvin Ramsey. I think yeah. it wasn't the right time for this, this squad, but I think going forward, definitely. Mm. Nathan Patterson, I mean, a few months ago, we were talking about the right-back problem. Yeah. Now you've got two that are coming through. Very much um, so. No, and and Tony, Tony Ralston at Celtic is another one who's performing really well. And you've been waiting, really well. you've been waiting for this generation. Mm. I don't like to go back to Wales all the time, but Wales have had a golden generation. Yeah. They produced a Bale, uh-huh. a Ramsey, an Allen, a Hennessy, a James. Mm. You know, these type of players, and it doesn't happen all the time. No. Sometimes you have, to, you have to wait a little bit. But it's almost like there's a, there's a real good generation yeah. of players mm. For Scotland now, and it's time to deliver. I think, you I can't th- fail now. You've got to deliver. Steve Clark's in for a number of years, so the manager won't particularly change. You get to I'm, know the players. I'm thinking about putting you in the dressing room before the game. <laughs> uh, if you can just moderate that Welsh <laughs> accent a bit, that, that's uh, that's <laughs> all I would ask you to, <laughs> to to do. But no, that no, I like I love your I love your passion, uh, John. And what I love about the Scotland squad, John, as well, is the fact that 
I love a lot of the people that aren't in it that are clearly knocking on the door. I mean, I mentioned Jason Kerr of St. Johnston mm-hmm. as a central yeah. defender at the moment. I think Ross McCrory uh, was magnificent for Aberdeen against Hearts at the weekend. John Souter for Hearts is back and, and playing really well. I think very quickly, I mean, we'll run through you know a couple of right backs that aren't in the squad. We're talking central defenders there. I mean, there, there are a lot of, there's a lot of competition now, which was just not an issue for Scotland not so very long ago. Just need a striker to add to that, Rob, to be honest. A, a really prolific striker. I mean, I like to look at Kevin Nisbet. Whether he's going to step up to the next level, that's another question. But um, but yeah, we've certainly got options again. And to go back to John's point, um, where can Scotland go? This World Cup, um, I think, well, the best I think we're going to do is second because I think that Denmark team, even without the unfortunate Christian Eriksen, is still a very good team. They proved that in the Euros. Austria had done not bad years. They were very good against Italy and a little unlucky um, not to to go through. But yeah. I still think they're um, I still think they're a beatable team on their day. And if we can that, that's I mean best. that's that's probably we, we need a big result uh, because of the two the two <clears> home draws. We need a big result, yeah. and and that's probably the one that that's real. Uh, winning in Denmark uh, sounds a bit like Mission Impossible to me. Winning in Austria maybe Craig Moore a bit more doable. Yeah, I I do agree. I think that um, well, Austria are very good at home. They don't think they've lost for about four years. Right, okay. Austria, in, is it Vienna? Probably. Vienna they play. Yeah, yeah, I think they got an amazing record, by the way, Austria. Yeah. Thanks, for, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, they are. Have a look at them. Because <laughs> Wales went there a few years even ago. You look at their national, even when you look at their national team mm. squad in terms of Austria, like, you know, majority of them are playing in the Bundesliga. They mm. play, they're playing top, top level. So there's no easy game. But you're right. Look, Denmark for me are the standout. Yeah. Um, but again, you go into every game, John. You're touching, and, and I see, I see, I see your excitement yeah. and your passion and, yeah. and, and yeah, the shaking. Yeah, yeah. Like because this is a team that that can, on their day, should be able to to trouble any opponent. Yeah. And if you've got that home game, and whether it's against Denmark, whether it's against Austria, and then even potentially away, Rob, a result is possible. Yeah. I think with the one this thing as well, players. Craig. If you look at the group. There's no Italy in there, all right? There's no Spain. No France. Which there's is no France. There's no Belgium. There's no England. If you're, Although Scotland had a great result down at yeah. Wembley, of course. Played no, very don't, well. don't worry about them. Probably should have won against England, actually. Yeah. I thought they would win. I, yeah. I predicted it on here the week I, before. I think my, my concern is that we're already under pressure. That because before a ball's kicked, yeah, because because yeah, but the players have got to embrace that pressure. Of course they you have. You play for Scott. Look at the crowd you've got. Look at the Tartan army. Look at the amazing support you get. Oh, here he goes again. On you. Hey, this is. But great. I'm just saying the I'm players just, have got to embrace. Nobody, have we, being, there's have nobody, we, being, nobody being frightened of that. Have we got the bagpipes no that we can play in, in the background? If you're frightened because of the potential and because of the opportunity of playing in World Cups, then you're in the wrong game. You know, the fans put the pressure on the players, but the players should embrace that. Yeah. A fallout should Hamden. You should make it a fruitless. Nobody comes to our home and wins. This is Hamden Park. This is our home. Yeah, but that's Moldova. It's no, the two away games yeah, I'm worried I'm about. Just saying yeah. that you shouldn't be saying, yeah. you know, under pressure on players. They should embrace that. Yeah. They should yeah. they should be thinking, look at these fans that we've got behind us. Yeah. And away uh, from home, Rob, even away from home, you're away from home games. Of course, you're gonna be under the pump early doors, and you, you, you know. But if you can go and silence that crowd, there's no better feeling no, as, no. as a player going yeah. into an away environment. It might be, it's not really hostile in those in Denmark and Austria. It's not really hostile, but they, they do love their teams. Mm. Go and silence them. Yeah. What a great motivator that is. Yeah. Mm. I mean, one one 
player. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really excited about it, but but I have that Scottish supporter ah, we'll mixture change, we'll change of of fear and excitement. Yeah. I, I've got a bit of both going on. And but John, the, the one thing that really excites me is the fact that Billy Gilmore is getting regular football this season with Norwich, and yes. and, and the the prospect of what how big an influence he can be in that Scotland midfield. Well, you saw at Wembley how good he was, and. Um, no, the boys just get absolutely no fear at all, and I think um, playing every week with a team like Norwich will help them. I know they've had a bit of a tricky start to the season, but they've not exactly had an easy start either in Man City and Liverpool. It doesn't get much harder than that. But yeah, I think he'll he'll definitely improve, and I think he's a nailed on starter now after that performance. Yeah, that's in, that's interesting. Out. That's interesting that you think he's a nailed on starter. Oh, I, yeah. yeah, got I, to be, got yeah. to be. Special McTominay yeah. out. Because I mean, he, he would have had he not uh, been caught up with COVID, uh, he would have he would have certainly started the the game against Croatia. Yep. And had Stevie Clark known then what he knows now, yep. he would have started the first game against well, the Czech Republic say, as well. You could say, John, that did Stevie Clark get it right? Now I know he's been backed, and he's a he's a very good manager. There's no doubt about that. And I know he's been backed with his new deal, 2024. But you look at that first game. Um, it, it should Gilmore have started? Should Teeny have come in? I think Teeny missed the first game as well, didn't he? Yes, he was rested. He had a knock. Yeah, no, how injured was he? Because he came in three days later. You know, do you improve that much? And could you have took a gamble? Because I tell you why, the Czech Republic were there to be got at. Mm. And they were actually, with Scotland, the weakest teams. Yeah, but we could have played two, two up front as well in that well, game. That might have well, been a good decision. You know, as well. uh, no, I'm just saying, all I'm saying is, yeah. Steve Clark might look at that with all his experience. I'm not I'm never managed, I'm just saying. A lot of people thought that he could have took, could have, could have changed, you know, played a different team, a more positive team, if you like, and got that first win, Andy Bell, because you could have qualified on three points. So you're looking at it: Czech Republic, Croatia, or England. Czech Republic, although they beat Scotland well, they were the weakest team in the group uh, if you're comparing them with the other two teams John Bleasdale would it be controversial to have a Welshman as Scotland's chief cheerleader going into these World Cup qualifiers I'm, I'm thinking of making I'm a think, proposal I'm here of, I'm thinking of um, assistant manager Rob not yeah. cheer, you're a cheerleader <laughs> I'm not a cheerleader you're a cheerleader for Aberdeen every week that's all you do no. I played all five the big man's on fire today he is indeed I'm going to lie you down in the dark in corner John John thanks uh, John Bleasdale thanks for your call and take care of yourself all the best the Go Radio football show download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from 5 Cheers Chris thanks for the travel throughout the show it's been a lively old football show from Glasgow's own uh, Go Radio never a dull moment heard the one about the Scotsman the Welshman and the Australian <laughs> and of course we'd Scotland fan John as well talking about Stevie Clark's squad that he named today on the day it was announced that he's, his deal was being extended as well not only in charge of these World Cup qualifiers but he will be in charge uh, of the next round of World Cup uh, qual- European qualifiers I should say that hopefully lead to Euro 2024 for us hopefully we're back on track having played Euro 2020 and 2021 uh, hopefully by then we are back uh, on schedule and Scotland are part of it because as we've said again and again uh, we waited so long uh, to get there we don't want it to be another long wait um, but Scotland under pressure no doubt about it going into these World Cup qualifiers let's hope 
It is the squad that gets the business done. Big European matches coming up on Thursday. It all starts with Rangers in Armenia against Alashkert after a struggle at Ibrox, Craig, wasn't it? Uh, after John Lundstrom was uh, sent off uh, to get the, the goal, which at least gives them a lead uh, to take to Armenia. It's going to be hot, I think, isn't it, out there mm, yeah. th- Thursday afternoon? That That's going to be a factor, I guess. Do you feel quite confident that Rangers are going to get the job done? I do. I, I do think that, um, look, uh, Rangers would have loved to have travelled to this match with the, the game um, already sort of like done and dusted, you know? like they, they didn't do enough in the first leg, in my opinion. Lundstrom gets a silly sending off. But then the way that Rangers perform with 10 men uh, and, and win the game 1-0, you, you've, you've got to say, well, well done. I think they'll go and win this game. I don't think they need to be un- unbelievable. Um, but again, you talk about the travel, the the, the schedule leading into, obviously, uh, the old firm match. Not ideal, Rob. Not ideal. Um, but I do think they'll go through this one comfortably. I want to get your the, your reactions. Uh, this was a, a story that emerged in the course of yesterday's show, but I wanted to, to just get your thoughts on it as well. The fact that Rangers have issued uh, indefinite bans to the fans seen in a video chanting a racist song about Celtics uh, striker. We've been speaking so much about him in the show already. Kyogo Furuhashi, uh, the club said it carried out an investigation and identified the individual's involved in also banning the supporters club um, which uh, these guys belong to from uh, receiving tickets for future mm-hmm. fixtures it was uh, it was pretty swift and decisive wasn't it Craig from Rangers look it was um, it was zero tolerance um, and rightfully so from Rangers they, they've acted uh, swiftly um, so for me that, that kind of puts a, a line through it immediately uh, and I'm not saying sets a standard, but this this is unacceptable. Um, and not only in today's society, it's unacceptable behaviour. So for Rangers to act as, as swiftly as what they have done, uh, they've done the right thing. Uh, look, unfortunately, these kind of situations, Rob, as well, it's 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 a minority. Um, so I don't know in terms of how many are involved in the supporters club. Um, that uh, you know probably got nothing to do with the situation, and obviously you now they're also punished in terms of the lack of tickets for for future games and all that sort of stuff. It's a strong statement, uh, like I says, in terms of you know racial discrimination, any form of discrimination, it is unacceptable. Rangers have acted quickly on it. Yeah, and you would hope that self policing takes over, John, in these mm-hmm. situations. And I guess if you're an innocent on that supporters bus. Who wasn't getting involved in the in the chanting, but but you're affected because your club, your branch of the supporters club, is not going to be getting any more tickets for games. Then that that's when that message gets out. That's going to help stamp it out, isn't yes, it? Yes, it will. I don't think that's you know, if you've got no involvement in it whatsoever, and you're looking, you're looking at young men sitting around you and they're getting drunk, and they're uneducated and they're morons. You put them three things together and what do you get? You get an idiot. That's what you get. You get an idiot, right? And now there might be four or five idiots on there that are doing the the, the racist gestures. But what's happened is they've punished everybody on that bus. Um, yeah, the ones who are doing it, absolutely punish them, ban them for lives, take the season ticket, whatever, whatever you want to do. Um, but you hope that, you know, other... Other good supporters of of Rangers 
you're hoping that they they don't get punished because there are you know there, there are people sitting around you and there, there's, there's 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 fans that that will act a goat and they'll act stupid and they'll jump up and down they'll shout all sorts of derogatory chants and you're sitting next to them with your son now surely you can't be held responsible for for that idiot sitting next to you but maybe if you're on a supporters bus and you're letting it happen without doing anything about it. Yeah, what do you do? Are you implicated as well? No, but he's drunk. The guy's doing it as a yeah. moron and he's idiotic and he's drunk and he's yeah. making a clown of himself. Yeah. So what if you do when you approach him and he gives you a right-hander in front of your son? But what you do when people are drunk, you, you stay away from them. You just go. Oh my uh, well, I think uh, even with this one, John, I think the, the supporters club have come out, at, uh, you know, with a statement and kind of accepted that um, Rangers have acted swiftly and 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 they obviously. Um, well, what would you do, they, 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 if you they, and your they, son they have on a to, bus to deal with the scenario? But what they're kind of saying, in, in in a way, is that. You know, there, there was a minority that are involved yeah, there. Absolutely. Uh, there but was, if, you, if you're on a bus, set. Craig, with your son yes. going to watch Rangers play yeah. and there's moronic uh, fans yeah. doing racist um, yeah, yeah, yeah. chants and, you know, racist gestures and you're thinking to your son, well, what? He's, a, he's an idiot, yeah. by the way. Don't, don't, don't be ever doing that, son. And then you get punished for it. Now, yeah. you can no longer be a part of that supporters club. Mm -hmm. You can't go to watch your beloved Rangers play. Yeah. How would you feel? No, no, it's it's terrible. It's, it's unacceptable. Like I said, it is mm. unacceptable behaviour. Mm. It shouldn't be happening, and, and and it needs to be eradicated. Rangers have acted swiftly. Yes, they are. Like so, fair play to, to yeah, Rangers I, I, for doing that. And yeah. just touching on and this is obviously in terms of the, the racism and what sort of stuff, right? I was also at a game at the weekend, and it's funny you touch on it. So I'm sitting watching the game. There's a father and son in front of me, and the, the this is just like general shouting throughout the game, mm. uh, John. And the language that this father was using in front of a, a young fella. Mm. I was embarrassed. Mm. Disgusting. I was absolutely embarrassed in terms of what that young lad was hearing and probably what he was then, you know, then going yeah. away thinking is normal behaviour. Mm. It's not normal behaviour. Yeah. But the racism side of things, like I said, you've got to knock it on the head. It's been done. Um, the, the people have been banned and rightfully so. It's, it's, football it's, it's bring, unacceptable. Football can bring the best out of people. Mm. And it can also bring the worst out of people. And that, yeah. that person who's swearing in front of his son, he might be a solicitor in Edinburgh. He might be a solicitor, top solicitor in Glasgow. He doesn't act like that in work. No. Doesn't swear. Doesn't go home. And, and Yeah, football can it, do some crazy things to people. And all of a sudden, you get so embroiled with your team and you're yeah. so passionate about winning. And, yeah. and sometimes it takes over. But it's yeah. still no excuses yeah. for it in front of you. You, men, you mentioned embarrassment. And I think embarrassed is what, what, uh, what Scottish people feel. Uh, that this can actually happen in our country, uh, our national sport, that this sort of um, abuse can can go on. And hopefully, um, if the action does err on the side of severe rather than the opposite, yeah. then it can help stamp out something that, that we don't want to be anything to do with, with Scottish football or indeed Scottish society. And, and nowadays, Rob, you get away with nothing. With social media, you, you know, like, uh, again, like everything that you say and do is captured on camera, on phones and all these kind yeah. of things. So people have just got to, they, they've got to be so much smarter and they've just got to respect, respect people, you know, like at the end of the day, treat people the way that you'd like to be treated yourself. And I think if you go along with that motto in life, you won't go wrong. You don't fall down that, that, that lane of that stupidity. Craig, you've, gone to, you've been to rugby matches, I've been to rugby matches. All right, it's it's a total different sport. It's a different crowd. It's a different way of behaving when you're in the stadiums. 
And in football, you just feel a certain element. There's some wonderful football supporters out there, the passion, everything else. I love all that. But there's a thug element to it, isn't there? Which attaches itself to football. You know, yeah. and, and, and that's a shame because I've been up in Edinburgh, 25,000 fans singing Delilah, walking up after the game, after the game at Murrayfield. And you think to yourself, wow, could you imagine 25,000 mm. football fans going at each other? If yeah. we if we time a few choruses of Delilah to play us out, would be would you be wonderful. But I've, but, I've, but I've actually heard your singing voice, so let's actually <laughs> let's actually not go there. Uh, we started the show talking to Xander Clark. Yep. Uh, let's finish by just talking about European football. Thursday, yes. St Johnston against Lask, one-one. Yep. Full house, hopefully at McDermott Park. What an opportunity, one-one from the first leg. Massive opportunity. I think that, um, look, Lasker are a decent side with good European experience. Haven't hit the ground running this season, Rob. Fifth or sixth in their league, I believe. <clears throat> a draw, 1-1 at the weekend. I think St. Johnston can go through in this leg. Um, I think it will be tight. I think it will go to the wire. I'm talking extra time. But I think St. Johnston have got enough to get through this match, which would be massive for St. Johnston. Actually, a big chance for all four when you think about it. The uh, Rangers one up, Celtic two up. Aberdeen won down from their visit to Baku uh, and won one for St. Johnson from Austria, John. So every chance, what what a feeling that would be on Friday morning if we had four Scottish teams who were thinking about yeah. European football up till Christmas. It would be amazing, but why not? Livingston, uh, sorry, Livingston, looking at the page above. Uh, St. Johnson are at home. Mm. Um, Aberdeen are at home, so they've only got the one goal yeah, disadvantage sorry. if you like yep. Celtic have got 2-0 they've got 2-0 in front they need to certainly need to defend strongly in that game I think that's probably the hardest game of the night because they go to Alkmaar Alkmaar finished third last season in the Eredivisie mm-hmm. you know behind Ajax and PSV they're a good team they've yep. got good threats in the side um, and I think Rangers I didn't. I don't think I'll ask good they're a particularly good side I think Rangers will win that comfortably by a few goals so it's on you know, Rob, if you're a betting man, go and do Rob, a Rob, Rob. I think, and again, I'm interested in your opinion. I think that this uh, Aberdeen Carabag game is a is a, pen- a potential banana skin for for Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Carabag have scored um, every time they've travelled in this uh, qualification phase so far. They've they've scored every time yeah. they've travelled away on three separate yeah. occasions. Uh, One nil. And you also, Craig, look at their pedigree. Uh, last seven seasons, they've either been in the Europa group stages or once in the Champions League group stages so so that's where they're coming from in terms of quality and although you know we don't have time to speak about it but an atrocious playing surface yes, yeah. last it's week which, which which should never have been condoned by UEFA rocking, wasn't it? yeah it will absolutely and we'll have big crowds uh, at all those games uh, this week uh, Rangers Alice Kurt uh, Celtic uh, Alkmaar Aberdeen Carabag St Johnston against Lask uh, wishing all the best to all four thanks to John thanks to Craig as well it's been a, a lively couple of hours of football chat we'll do it again tomorrow live at five the Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.